There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Everything you remember must mean something. So what does that thought mean? Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Hello. Hello. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Well, I am, but I'm feeling bad because uh, you, you just went to pop for a wee before we started recording, mm. and then I saw you come out of the, the bathroom and look a bit sheepish, and then you had to go downstairs to the other bathroom. It makes my house sound grander than it is. <laughs> yeah, all your different floors and toilets. <laughs> but we've got a loft conversion, and there's a little bathroom in here, and then yeah. there's the one downstairs, but there was no toilet paper in there. Which there never is. I don't, I don't know why I went in there. I had this like, <sighs> foolish sorry, bout of optimism. I thought, just this one time, there might be even just one sheaf. Is that the right word? <laughs> One yeah. sheaf of paper, but no, I had to go downstairs. I, I'm so sorry. Like, I had an awful experience with the writer Rennie Ed, Edo Lodge, who's, I think, you know, uh, a quite um, distingu- distinguished thinker and writer. She wrote that book, Why I'm No Longer Talking to White People About Race. Mm. She came here for the other podcast the other day. I interviewed her afterwards. She has to use the loo. And she went in there like you did, came back out again, no toilet paper, went to the one downstairs, no toilet paper in there. Oh, it, it seemed to get her back up a bit. And what seemed to get her back up even more is when I offered her a wet wipe. Oh, she didn't like that. Not one bit. Really? No. And then I suggested there was a pub on the corner. She could go to that. But I mean, I think basically, I'm, I'm not blaming her for a second. I think it's it's poor hospitality. She was thinking, this podcast has got Ed Miliband in it. And yet I record it and there's no toilet paper. She was probably horrified. I know. Uh, Ed Miliband's never mentioned the lack of toilet paper. Well, he's... he probably doesn't need it. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Mean, imagine, imagine he's coming for a bowel movement, is he? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think so. No. I don't think so. I've never quizzed him on it. Okay. We don't have that type of relationship. Yet. Unlike me and you, I mean, we <laughs> very much have that type of relationship. Anyway, mm. I wanted to start by apologising for that. Um, so I'm I'm in quite a good mood because I managed to go away for two and a half days. Two and a half days. Sarah really? was working in Brighton over the weekend. So we, we got an Airbnb, um, a little house, and, and we went there, me, Sarah, and our son, Eugene. And I just had the, a, a really nice time. I'll tell you what, for me, a great thing about staying somewhere else is. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, like in in days of yore, in the olden days, you used to go and you'd, you'd get into a hotel or a, a cottage or whatever, and then you'd see what channels were available on the TV if you're in another country. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now it's about opening up Deliveroo on my phone and seeing which restaurants deliver. Oh, I've never done that. Oh, oh it's so great. That's nice. Like all these all these ones I've never tried before, oh. never even heard of. It all seems so exotic. So we had that in Brighton. Um, the, the other. Sort of notable. It was a lovely Airbnb, and the people couldn't have been nicer. Um, but what was very apparent upon check-in mm. was they were quite deeply religious people. Oh, okay. Well, what were the signs? so so? Firstly, there were various kind of Jesusy fridge magnets and little inspirational quotes and things. Yeah. Secondly, every they had a lot of books, and every one of them was sort of about Christianity and okay. faith and, and so on. Like right. not not just lots of copies of the Bible, mm, mm, mm. not just like a Gideon's one, <laughs> a Good weird. News Bible, yeah, yeah. King James one. I mean, just like all these books mm. about the Bible. Okay. Um, so so that, that they, they were the main things. But then like the slightly odder things were, mm-hmm. number one, I went on their Netflix account. <laughs> right. And you know when you can see what they previously watched? Right. It's all sort of like made-for-TV films about the Apostle Paul and stuff. <laughs> but also what struck, struck me as odd is um, like Ricky Gervais things. Oh, because he's very anti- He's like a militant <laughs> yeah, atheist, yeah. right? Um, and then the other thing that tickled me was they had a little welcome pack for us. So they'd been out and got some eggs and milk and stuff. But they'd also, bearing in mind it's June, mm. they'd also left us some, <laughs> some hot cross buns <laughs> and an angel cake. You are kidding. No. It's almost like they're wanting to like play up to this like very extreme stereotype. Really? Yeah. Angel cake, hot cross yeah. buns. So, so angel cake, I mean, I don't even know if angel cake is religious. I know it, like, no, but it's got the word angel yeah, in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. And then hot cross buns are specifically yeah. Easter food. And I think you probably have to go to some effort to, to find Easter food in June. And then it led me to think, like, what, what is their end game with this? Yeah. Are they thinking, like, maybe they'll enjoy this Christian food so much <laughs> that they'll repent and give their lives to the Lord? I'd love it if that was their motivation. Yeah, I mean, I ate it all, but I haven't repented as the mm. short, short version. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port in a show called Adrift. Annabelle. Yes. Time now to delve into the Adrift post bag. How's it looking? Bulging. <laughs> there we go. Uh, something there for the uh, for the, uh, the the long timers, the yep. old timers. Yep. Um, so, uh, so how is it looking this week? Yes, I've got the first one from Stephen here. Yep. I was about 18 years old and on my way to an evening shift at my part-time job as a bartender. It was summer, so I was driving along with my windows open. Close to my final destination, there is a two-lane bridge over a dual carriageway, which is always clogged up with traffic due to the roundabout at the end. As I pulled onto the bridge, I noticed that in the car next to me was a childhood acquaintance who I'd not seen for a while. He noticed me too. Traffic was moving so slowly that we were able to say hello and exchange a brief how are you through our open windows. I never had much to say to him, but he always had plenty of uninteresting tales to tell tell me. Luckily for me, we'd both be on our way momentarily, so the chit-chat would be mercifully cut short, I thought. Unfortunately, the traffic was so bad that evening that we continued to edge forward alongside each other for another 10 minutes. I was trapped in a conversation which had no natural end. I would edge in front a little and think, oh, thank God it's over. And for him to pull back alongside me and continue chatting. I tried to act like I didn't realise he was back next to me by staring straight ahead, but that did not work. I realise now I should have just wound my window up and turned my radio up full blast, but that didn't occur at the time. 
Eventually, the torment ended and we reached the roundabout going our separate ways without saying goodbye. Off I went for an evening making more awkward chit-chat with customers. I'm related, but this fellow once drove past me and some friends and went to give a hand out of the window wave. When he saw we weren't returning the wave, he styled it out as tapping the side of his car so as not to lose face. We weren't being rude, we just didn't notice him until too late. Oh, Any stories about styling, like going to do something oh, and then yeah, realising yeah, and styling it out, out yeah, I, yeah, they're I just lovely. Them, yeah. Yeah. Any more of those would be brilliant. Okay, and this is from Baroness Rifka. Finally, my story. This this is um, as part of a podication that's coming later anyway. Finally, my story that I can't postpone any longer. I did write a longer background to buy myself some time, but I deleted it as it felt so presumptuous to talk so much about myself. But I do feel like a classic drifter cringe thinking about it. It falls under the category awkward interaction with famous people, but I'd like to redub it as awful interactions with famous people. (laughs) It happened with my husband, then boyfriend, but before we had children. So it happened anywhere between 17 to 12 years ago. And the shame is still very much alive. We were going to a concert by a lovely Flemish singer-songwriter who we liked very much at the time. The gig was held in Paradiso, an old church converted into a concert hall. Very lovely. We decided to go for a bite before in a Wagamama nearby. My husband loves their Japanese schnitzel, for which I often mock him a bit. We had a lovely dinner and as we went, we saw the singer-songwriter at a table nearby. In a moment of temporary insanity, I decided to walk up to him and say hi. My husband tried to keep me off it, bless him, but I had a very short the devil may care attitude which puzzles and haunts me still. (laughs) I marched up there to stop at his table and the second I arrived there I understood how bad my plan was. I do not know what to say to him. I hate bothering people. I am not witty or funny. I listened to a drift then. If I'd listened to a drift then it probably would have inspired me to see the error of my ways and do a runner. But instead, I froze and stood there behind the back of the singer-songwriter who was in conversation with a member of his crew. I didn't want to bother him. I didn't dare to tap him on the shoulder. The devil did care after all. And so I just stood there very awkwardly, not saying anything, creeping the hell out of his crew members who were facing me and slowly stopped the conversation as I was hovering there by their table like a silent maniac. Finally, the singer-songwriter sensed that something was off as all of his crew members fell quiet and stared behind him and he turned round to face me. At that time, I felt so awkward and awful that I said in the weirdest tone, I am going to your show. (laughs) Now, I could have stopped there. That would have been weird, but he is very kind and the Flemish are very polite that you probably would have said something along the lines of, oh, how nice. I could have nodded, said my goodbyes and left. But no, for reasons that are completely beyond me, I said in the most accusatory of tones, so, are you going to put some effort into it? <laughs> Why? Why? He was taken back a little, very understandably, but said very nicely that he most certainly would put all his effort into the gig. I wish I could say that at the least I said something as like, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, so nice to meet you. But alas, no such normal wrap-ups for drifters like us. Oh. I said something like, okay then. <laughs> It's a bit of blur from then onwards, so I'm not sure. And I finally did what I should have done a lot sooner and walked away, leaving the poor man baffled, I assume. I was so agitated that I missed a big part of the concert because I needed to run water over my wrists. (laughs) 
<laughs> to prevent myself fainting from the sheer horror of it all. And I can't listen to his music anymore because it just oh, reminds me at the no. moment oh, I was no. utterly rude to someone kind and talented. Oh, that's so fantastic. Isn't it? Uh, yeah. Um, as Annabelle said, I mean, we love stories on styling it out, but... Uh, Meeting your idol and blurting out the wrong thing is, is always great too. Uh, please share your story of trying to connect with another, another human being and it just going horribly wrong for you. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Please join me in this bubble that has been forever locked in the glass by the blower. It's, it's their breath. It's horrible. Adrift. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. Take two. I, uh, I just started introducing this as part umpteen mm. of ways in which Annabelle isn't a fully functioning adult. And you glared at me in such a way that I thought we'd, we'd better restart it. No, my look was like, oh, I like that. And funnily enough, it is 19. It's n- n- 19, yeah. average age of a combat soldier in Vietnam. Correct, yeah. So, yes, ways in which I'm not a fully functioning adult, part 19, knowing what to do with my arms. Does anybody really know what to do with their arms? Or are we all just pretending we do? <laughs> like, I know what they're for, obviously, and I use them a lot. I mean, when we don't need to use them for anything, what are we supposed to do with them? Like, by way of an example, I'm at the part with my son. He's on some climbing frame type thing. So I'm standing close by and I need to keep my hands free in case he hallucinates a slide and just throws himself off. You never know. And I just feel ridiculous <laughs> with my arms hanging limply by my sides. And also, I hadn't realised I did this until my boyfriend pointed it out, but when I stand with my arms by my sides, my hands curl up into fists. And I try not to do this, but they quickly curl up again. It's so nice, I find, when the person you've chosen to spend your life with notices something about you that makes you more self-conscious about you, yeah. or more self-conscious. Um, I, I, I find that dis- despite being a person kind of racked with insecurity about the way I look. My wife has introduced me to a whole raft of things I'd never even noticed about myself. And it's good to hear that your lover, lover Tom is doing the same thing. I got a new one this week, actually. Oh, I, yeah. I think my, my jeans have rolled up maybe a little too high. And he said, oh, you've got a lot, lot of ankle showing there, if you can call it an ankle. <laughs> Did you ask him to elaborate <laughs> Very much so. And the most I came out of him was like, well, it's more just shin, really, isn't it? I think <laughs> It turns out I'm quite thick of ankle. I, I didn't know. I don't think of you in that way. Well, thank you very much. But I mean, I don't spend a lot of time ogling your ankles. <laughs> I, don't, I don't often show them off, to be honest. I don't know why. <laughs> or what I was thinking of. So, yeah, so it turns out that I stand with my, my hands balled up into fists. So I look both limp and aggressive. So I try folding my arms. And this is quite comfortable as they're no longer just hanging there limply by my side like strings of sausages. And I like it that it's one of the few body parts that we can fold up and put out of the way. Yes. The other being legs, in case you're wondering. <laughs> but then I worry that with my arms folded, I look confrontational or self-important. So then I try putting them on my hips. And this is even worse than having them hanging by my sides because it just feels so look at me, doesn't it? And you're taking up extra space by jutting your elbows out. Like I feel like I'm posing. <laughs> and hands in pockets is probably the best, but obviously only works if you've got pockets. And I do worry slightly that I look like I'm trying to be cool, casual mum, when really I'm panicking in case child hallucinates the slide <laughs> and throws himself off climbing frame mum. And what are the other options? Like I, I did try out a few earlier. Hands behind head insane (laughs) hands behind neck a more casual insane hugging my body terrified of everything and filled with longing which is exactly (laughs) me but I don't want to look that way I don't want my inside to be on the outside and I'm also quite concerned that I look like I'm back to that thing where you run your hands up and down your back and it looks like someone is passionately caressing you yeah and people don't do that so much anymore (laughs) 
I tried one arm folded and the other arm with my hand under my chin and I worried I looked like I've got a weak neck. And then I did hands hanging down but holding my hands arms hanging down but hand, holding my hands in front of myself and I feel like that's how Hitler always stood oh I know that's what um, I think the registrar told us to do at a wedding because I don't know oh. what my arms and she said like you know yeah. hands in front that's and a kind cl- of clasping that's classic Hitler pose right right yeah and then I tried arms folded behind my back and it felt okay. So I looked in a full-length mirror and I thought it looked okay. And then I asked my boyfriend what he thought and he said, looks fine, which confuses me because as I said before, like earlier, he's usually very, very rude. So I told him it was fine to be negative. He can get anything he wants off his chest. And he said, oh, I always do, don't worry. But it does, <laughs> it does look fine. But try moving your arms down a bit. So I did to the small of my back and I thought I cracked it. Like it just felt perfect. I thought it looked good. But I had a quick Google to see if there were any negative connotations that hadn't occurred to me. And God, it's not just me. There are pages and pages devoted to, to what vibe any possible way of positioning your arms is giving off. And arms folded behind your back. Bit of superiority going on there. Oh, no. Honestly, I think the only reason mobile phones were invented was to give our arms purpose <laughs> when we're standing, not doing anything else. I bet that was the main motivation. I think what I'm going to do is I think I'm going to start wearing a cape, hide in my arms, like even in summer, I'm sure I'll be able to get like a nice lightweight summer cape. And that is the only solution. Time for Adrift with Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port in whichever order that makes sense to you, you are the one perceiving it in the computer simulation. Um, hi. A reminder... That if you don't have tickets, if you weren't able to get tickets to the first ever Adrift live show, which is happening in Hebden Bridge on the 29th of June, then if you support us on Patreon, you will be able to listen to it. We're going to put it out as an exclusive for for, for Patreon supporters. Um, I thought you and I could go out for lunch and have a discussion about what we do on the live show. Great. Because I know what you, you're expecting me to not think about it until we're on the train on the way to Ebden Bridge. Exactly what I said. But there is an Indian restaurant in your neighbourhood that I would really like to try. Oh, lovely, yeah. So, I know the one you mean. You know, if, yeah, if, yeah. Let's do it. If you can palm Rudy off on Tom mm. for a couple of hours, then, yeah, then we yeah. should definitely do that. Yeah, I'd like that. Your, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you'll be able to get get that as a Patreon supporter, um, as well as claim your title hear all the stuff like the old partners podcast and the videos that we've made in the past and the video that we will be making soon where Annabelle takes us on a tour of Snaresbrook. Although I do have a bone to pick with you. Uh oh. So Tom popped round the other night. Yeah. And I said, oh, um, when, when are we going to do the video? And he went, what? Yeah. You have not asked him. You said on the podcast that you'd asked him. No, I didn't. I said I haven't asked him yet. I said I hadn't asked him yet. Are you sure? Positive. I wouldn't lie. You're not just like uh, preying on my poor memory here. Here. No, no, really, honestly, I, I said I haven't asked him. I know I haven't asked him. And what, I, are you scared of him? What's going on no, here? No, no, there's no point asking him now. Well, ask him the day before, otherwise yeah. he'll forget about yeah, it. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay, okay, or, okay. or he might be difficult about it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't ask. There's no point asking him until the last moment. Anyway, so, but he seems up for it because I mentioned to him. He even showed me a piece of kit that he thought he would use <laughs> to film it. He's got on. technical on you already. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, so I'm, I'm quite excited about that. Okay. Um, the other thing that uh, your, your lover Tom did when he came round mm. was he gave me underwear. I know. So sweet of him. I've got them here in my hand. I haven't haven't worn them yet. Um, But he'd been filming because he's a cameraman. Mm. That's why we've asked him to film the tour of Snaresbrook. Mm. Um, But he's he's a cameraman and and he'd been filming... A Hollywood movie. Carry on. (laughs) 
a promotional <laughs> a promotional event for some underpants in a train station. Am I, is that is that a correct reading of the situation? Yeah, it might is. Uh, yeah, I think like there've been some. I think then they would call it branded content. The the bids, the bid the, 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 the promotional team handing out complimentary underpants no, in, a, no, in a train station. No, no, he no, was there no. to capture. No, 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 no. He's doing like reportage. He's doing an arty video. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm very excited. They're called Comfy Balls. Yeah. Um, and they have. And it, did he tell you about the different features that these underpants I have? Know, I know a lot about them, yeah. yeah. They've got reduced heat transfer, ball squeeze avoidance, BSA. <laughs> BSA. And MAB, motive, uh, motion activated breathing. Mm. But actually, you only get those ones on the performance super light ones. I don't think he's got me the performance super light ones. Maybe he kept those for himself. But they look very nice on. Really? And Sarah's got a real treat coming up. They have got the, you know I mean, they've got the, the name of the underpants emblazoned on the waistband. Yep. So, you know, if I, you're saying if I want to seduce my wife, yeah, they look I good. go downstairs in these yeah. bigger <laughs> hugging underpants that say yeah. comfy balls across. Because <laughs> yeah. what is more attractive to a woman than, than knowing that the man who's tried to seduce her, his, his balls are comfortable? I thought I'd find that very attractive. Yeah, yeah. he's all relaxed and happy and comfy <laughs> and cool down there. Okay, well, anyway, I thought it was very thoughtful of Tom to, to bring me some free underpants. <laughs> It would have been weird if he'd bought them for you, but yeah, they were freebies. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, he had to select a size, so he had to like look at the sizes of the underpants, think about what size my, you know, um, scrotal sack. Might. I mean, I don't know how you, you got you large. Them. Sure, yeah, he did. Yeah. Wow, he's got small, I think, or medium. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. He went for a smaller size. It's yeah. not like got a distended scrotum or anything like that are you really asking me that yeah right okay you're not answering (laughs) just gonna say no i really like it's not that i I, i'm not regretting starting this conversation (laughs) Mm, you sure but i I am regretting not bailing on it sooner okay so we'll bail on it now okay (laughs) ryan reynolds here from mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Get with it, get with it, get with it, with, 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 get with it. Adrift, adrift, Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port. In the previous section, I think I misused the word distended. I think if his scrotum was distended, it, it would be larger. Yeah, very. I was thinking very long, like yeah, down to the yeah, knees. Yeah, or yeah, 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 yeah. I misused it. Mm. I was thinking more like a voodoo scrotum, you know, the, the, like with a shrunken head, but a shrunken sc- scrotum. I thought we were leaving this conversation. You're quite yeah. right, you're yeah, quite yeah. right, you're mm. quite right. Um, Oh, God, I did something bad earlier on. Oh, yeah. I was in a a London cab, a black cab, and it it was the morning, so I wasn't feeling very chatty. So I was just sort of sitting, staring out the window, minding my own business. I was vaguely aware that the driver was listening to a talk radio station, but I wasn't paying any attention, really. Mm hmm. Uh, And we'd not been going that long, and the driver went, Oh, did you hear that on the radio? And 
I had to go, oh, no, I didn't. And then I was worried that I looked somehow snobby because I wasn't paying attention to his radio station of choice. But he, he said, then he said the bad thing. Oh. He said, oh, I could. I want to get my hands and put them round Emily Thornberry's throat and strangle her. Wow. He's talking about the shadow of foreign secretary here. Very aggressive. So, you know, basically it's five to nine in the morning and a taxi driver has just told me that he wants to strangle a woman. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. Yeah, wow. it's, not, it's not great. I, I can't wait to hear what you said. <laughs> me, me too. I went ready for this. <laughs> yeah, and can I just explain what went into my decision to say this? Please do first. Yeah, it was approximately going to be a twenty-minute journey. Yeah, we're only about five minutes into it. Okay, so I thought whatever I say. I'm, I'm gonna, you know, it's going to extend the conversation, and so, or I, you know, I'd have to choose to get out of the cab and be late for this meeting. I'm going to, yeah. So I just went, oh why, oh why? <laughs> <laughs> like there would be a legitimate reason. I'm very interested yeah. in the fact that you want to be oh, very aggressive towards why a woman. <laughs> why? Why is it you'd like to murder a woman yeah. with your bare? Because there's justification, yeah, and I'm yeah, just waiting yeah. to hear what that justification is. <laughs> It's probably bad, but let me give him the benefit of the doubt. There's two sides to every story. Exactly. I'm sure you've got your yeah, reasons. Yeah, yeah. I just want to hear those reasons. Is it self-defense? <laughs> anyway, so that was that was the bad, the bad thing oh, that I did. Dear. Yeah, it's bad. Yeah, you're right. And you know, I didn't agree with a word he was saying, mm. but I, I, I did ask. You know, I then asked some follow-up questions, which hinted that. Maybe I didn't quite agree with him, but I was keen to hear his point of view. Okay, okay. At least you did a hint. Well done for a hint. <laughs> if if he was a particularly perceptive person, mm. he he would have picked up he wasn't. that I was vexed. <laughs> no, he wasn't. That I disapproved. He was, he was saying he wants to strangle a woman. He wasn't picking up to any kind of nuance in what you were saying. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I, I, was, I was so nuanced in what I said, but it, it was there. If you just listen, if you just okay. really, really listen to the subtext of what I'm saying, you'll think twice about telling a stranger <laughs> that you want to strangle a woman. Okay. Oh, God, what is wrong with me? Yeah, so, so there, was, there was that. Um, and then another thing I was just going to mention briefly here is while we were away in Brighton, we we'd gone to this playground and uh uh Gene was playing in the sandpit and he was running around the playground and I, I sort of lost sight of him for about ten seconds, which is a horrible feeling. Oh yeah, yeah. Um and then when I saw him, he was over in a different part of the sandpit, sitting next to a woman who looked not dissimilar to my wife, his mother. Okay. But perhaps a little younger, right? And with what my dis- wife would describe as a more luxurious head of hair. <laughs> okay, right, right. So, so then Sarah was feeling awkward about that. I mean, I wouldn't describe the woman. I mean, I mean, she was younger, mm-hmm. but th- that's meaningless, isn't that's just, it? That's just a fact. Just a fact. It's yeah. a meaningless fact. Mm. There's, you know, no value judgment yep. in that. Mm. Um, so, so then Sarah's sort of instinct was to go and make friends with this woman. Okay. So we we all, we sort of moved over to where Jean was now playing. And obviously I didn't strike up a conversation, mm-hmm. but Sarah struck up a conversation. And I just sort of sat there not knowing what to say for the whole thing, just thinking, I wish I could just have some... Like, other people just seem to be able to say a quip mm-hmm. or... or Ask an interesting question or make an uh, make an ice breaking observation, yeah, yeah, yeah. whereas I I just sit there thinking, 
when can I leave this conversation? How mm. how will it end? Mm-mm. And it did end right when Jean then decided to go off to another part of the playground. And Sarah said to this woman, "Yeah, it was lovely talking to you, and your hair is beautiful. You look like a mermaid." Has just surfaced from the ocean and and um, and sat on a sat on a rock <laughs> oh, is what she said. That's nice, right? It's a nice thing to yeah, say. To somebody. Yeah, You don't think it's a bit much? I, I don't. I don't. Because here's what happened next. Right. Like minutes passed, ten minutes passed, twenty minutes passed. We really wanted to leave the playground. Yeah. But to do so, we would have had to walk past this woman. Yeah. And just. I think she'd gone so over the top with that compliment. <laughs> right. We had to wait for this woman to go before we could go, just so there wasn't an awkwardness. <laughs> because you felt awkward walking past her again. Like, if you've paid somebody such a gushing over the top compliment, a yeah. stranger. Yeah, yeah. Where do you go from there, really? It is the last <laughs> thing you say to... If you ever find... Not that I would, yeah, but yeah. I think if if you find yourself in your in a situation where you would say that to a person, it has to be the last thing you ever say to them with no danger mm. of ever interacting mm-hmm. with them again. Because any future interaction is going to be weird. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. As I was explaining to my very hungry wife when I wouldn't let us leave the playground. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> until after this woman had gone. <laughs> if you know where you're going... It doesn't matter if the location is going in that same direction because you're already making the move. Jeff Lloyd and Annabelle Port are adrift. Quandary Corner at the Clap Clinic. It's the jingle I'm thinking of having made. Having made? Yeah. Right. Don't spend too much money on it. Right. Um, Drifter's Dilemmas. Is that what somebody said last week yep, as well? Yeah. Yep. Yep. This has got to fit all this into the jingle. Oh, yeah, it's a mm, lot. It is a lot, yeah. Mm. Uh, so uh, who is the first one from? It's from Chris. What does Chris say? I have a quandary for you both. What is the rule for critiquing other people's driving? I'm asking while in a small minibus being driven by a guide as part of a day excursion while on holiday in Croatia. During the trip, the driver has driven incredibly aggressively, tailgating, speeding, dangerous overtakes, and perhaps worst of all, texting while driving. My question is what, if anything, I could do? Can I politely ask that he not use his phone? Suggest gently that I'm starting to feel carsick? Or do I have to ignore and just pray and address my concerns in a TripAdvisor review? My drifter reaction is to close my eyes, listen to a podcast and pretend it's not happening. However, I'd very much like a rule for future reference. Also curious if the rule might differ depending on if you're being driven by someone you know versus someone doing so in a professional capacity. Many thanks and all best wishes, Chris. I mean, I think across the board, it's um, I would sooner die than say yeah. something. You can be just like on the verge of teetering off a cliff, but you can't mention that they go a bit closer away from. No, the, no, no, no. You, no, can't, no. you can't mention it. Even if like somebody's falling asleep at the wheel and you go, oh, like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, th- yeah. I, th- I think that is a very bold thing to do. And really, <laughs> I'd rather just plummet to my death than say anything. You just can't say mm. anything, can you? And so obviously that applies to a friend then. So especially a price. That, so I know that the, there might be some people who would think that if you're paying somebody to do professionally, then you can boss them about. But that mm. doesn't seem like the drifter's way to me. No, and no. if anything... I would be thinking, well, what do I know? I'm not the professional. You're the professional. <laughs> I, think, I think you probably know that you can't Maybe use your Maybe you phones. call professional guys. You write your own rules. Right, right. Maybe it's just... Um, and then in terms of your friends, no, I mean, I don't drive, but the impression I have is almost everybody thinks they're a good driver. 
apart from me. Yeah, yeah. I think it reflects on somebody who does... Like, I, I would rather get in a car with somebody who thinks they're not a good driver because that means they're really cautious mm. than I would with somebody who thinks they're a good driver because then they, they're sort of cocky and overconfident. Yeah, good point. Like, this, and I know not everybody feels like this, but I usually feel much more in danger in the car on the way to, way to the airport than I do on the plane. Because <laughs> car crashes all that happen yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, a lot of the the people who drive the cars that take you to the airport seem like, you know, they're not on very much sleep. Mm-mm-mm. But, I mean, I, I couldn't say anything. No, of course not. And so if somebody was to comment on your driving, would you take it very personally? Well, the difference is that I know I'm bad at it. So, it's, it's, yeah, I don't know. But I feel so. so I, I've, Give me an example. What might they say? Say you're in the car with me and you said, what would you say? In Look out, we're going to die. Oh, come on now. Well, I wouldn't. I'd probably believe you. Because um, I might make fun of the way you sit. Mm, very close to the windscreen. Yeah. <laughs> gripping, <laughs> gripping the wheel so yeah, my hands are yeah. white. Yeah. But I feel safer in a car with you mm. than I do with, for example, my brother. Right. who was a bit of a boy racer at 17 and, mm. you know, overtakes. I don't want to be in a car with somebody who's overtaking. Mm. I would rather just... <laughs> don't, don't worry, I never overtake. I would rather Ever. just sit, like, behind a lorry going at <laughs> yeah. 30 miles an Me hour too. on the motorway. Me too. Me too. Yeah, yeah. And that's how I feel as a passenger. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so the rule is say nothing. Yes, yeah, okay. yeah. You can't say anything. Sorry. Okay, let's move on to Sean. I have a quandary that you may be able to answer in the corner of the GLAT clinic in Problematic, where you school in rules. Mm-hmm. I used to live in a ground floor flat and the gentleman who lived upstairs was a very nice man who I got him well with. And we had the usual neighbourly chats and did the standard things like reposting incorrectly delivered mail and discussing the weather. He was a middle-aged man who worked shifts. He was also a larger man with more surface area of skin than your average person and a very high bodily follicle count. This couple with living off street level, the combination of heat and a low risk of burglary meant he liked to have his windows open all the time. I was working nine to five and as his shifts were long, it meant there were comings and goings at all hours. I do wonder if that was the correct choice of words given what is to follow. My neighbour had recently divorced and was looking to enjoy his new found single life. He had a number of lady callers and on occasion when I was putting out my bins, I could catch sight of said women having a cigarette by his door. Now, Mr. Neighbour is free to do what he likes and with whom he likes. But these lady callers had some striking similarities, one of them being how loudly they seemed to be enjoying his company, Ah. which in turn seemed to increase his vocal output. Given how his windows were always open, it was very difficult to blank out and ignore. Mm. Some of these mm, exchanges took place at unsociable hours, and I would either be woken up by their lusty fanfare or unable to drown it out with music in fear of upsetting someone else with the racket I was making. I'm never sure how long a tryst may last. Like, do I play a singular song or pick an album and hope it outlasts them? I've since moved, since moved house, not for those reasons I should add, but I always wondered how I should have dealt with the noises from above. Is it okay to make them aware of the racket they were creating and the sleep and the sleep they deprived me of? If so, how do you tell them that you heard their nocturnal naughtiness without sounding like some kind of sex criminal? Well. I mean, again, I don't think you can, really. I mean, the, there are maybe some passive-aggressive things. Oh, for example? I don't know, like, uh, oh, did you have visitors last night? <laughs> <laughs> 
And then he would go, oh, sorry, did you hear anything? And you'd go, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, you would both know that you did. There would be a certain look in the eye. Depending on the time of day it was, I think maybe whistling. Oh, make sure that they can hear you, so they're aware that you can exactly. hear. Exactly, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. But maybe, maybe, you know, maybe he was getting a kick out of being heard. Oh. Mm. Okay, earplugs and say nothing. Is that yeah. what we're saying? <laughs> <laughs> Broom handle on the ceiling. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, may, maybe your choice of music. You know, talked about playing a song. Mm. You know, maybe if you played something like um, no, okay. I know we're going to say like something romantic or kind of like Barry White. Yes, and yes, or I knew you were going to say that. That yeah. French one with all the panting on it. Mm. Je t'aime one on no, blue. That, that's too. The, the, that the, Fleetwood Mac one when they're going. Uh, oh, uh, I hate uh, that uh, one. Uh, no, because it, it makes them aware that you know, and what you don't want them to know. Is that them to know that you know? Right, that's right, embarrassing. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's so little you can do. I tell you what, you could do. I once moved. I once went to look at a flat when I was looking to move, and the guy said he'd reinforced the ceiling with some kind of soundproofing because the lady above walked around very noisily. I didn't know such a thing existed, but that's always an option. Rather, rather than say something, <laughs> spend thousands of pounds. <laughs> Or, or do it on the cheap, just like sellotape egg boxes to ah, the ceiling. Yeah, and can make sure your windows are closed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that'll be fine. What do you think then? Yeah, that'll do. Don't want to go back and do it again? No. Okay, well, there we go. Uh, That was this week's podcast. Thank you for listening. Uh, I should probably say goodbye to you, Annabelle. Let you go home. Uh, What are you going to have for your tea? Don't know. Depends what Tom's made for me. I hope he has. Probably pasta. And Love Island as well. Yeah, and, and once again, we're doing this quite late. We're going down to the wire again, so we're doing mm. it on uh, Tuesday evening. So I, I'm going to go off and now and just package it all up and get it ready for the for the drifters. Yep. Get it all ready for them. Yep. Polish it. Mm-hmm. Make it a nice little package mm-hmm. for them. <laughs> what am I talking about? <laughs> I don't know either. Um, thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to Emily Harrison for the incidental bits of music and uh, uh, to Vince Lynch and Simon Wilcox for being our announcers and making the eye dents and to uh, to uh, uh, Patrick Gunning and Iwana Babu for plugging it all in. I keep noticing a little buzzing noise. We should probably get either Patrick or Iwana around mm. to address that mm. at some, some point. Um, uh, otherwise, we'll have to stop, stop crediting them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they're getting a lot of work off the back of it. <laughs> and uh, uh, Kim Rainey did the artwork and Carla Gallant took the photos. And if you would like to uh, email us, we would love to hear from you, your story of failed human interaction or your dilemma for Quandary Corner. If you want to know what the rules are in a social situation, let us know. It's hello at uh, adriftpodcast.com. We will, of course, be back with another episode of Adrift next week. And on that subject, Annabelle, uh, so are you going to put some effort into it? (laughs) Adrift. Adrift. Podication. Podication time. Here it comes.
clicking on the tab on my browser, mm. opening up the email from Annabelle. Subject, podication. Yep. It goes. It's not podicated to you, by the way. You forward it to me yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you administer the adrift email. Uh, this comes from Angela, who says, Hello, Jeff and Annabelle. Hello. Hello. I would like to request a podication from my daughter, Juliet, who introduced me to Adrift when she was home from university at Easter. I have never listened to any podcast before, and I am now totally hooked on Adrift. This is Great to know. The first one. I'm so yeah. happy. It's so great when people don't have something to compare it with. I know. Yeah. yeah. Um, being the perfect length for my evening dog walk, I can now be seen uncontrollably laughing out loud in public in the traditional sense of actually laughing out loud, not lolling. Oh, lol, yeah. She says laughing aloud, actually, which is larring, isn't it? Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh. Uh, to myself, presumably looking like some kind of crazy middle-aged woman sharing a d- joke with her dog. <laughs> I used to use these 45 minutes to call my son or daughter up for a chat or walk and chat with my husband. I am now neglecting my entire family in order to catch up on all 85 mm. at the time of emailing podcasts. That's so lovely. Yeah. Um, I'm a fully functioning adult woman with a husband, two children, both at university, a handful of good friends, a dog and a responsible job in a primary school. Despite all... All of this, I have had many occasions over the past 30-ish years uh, when I've been seized unexpectedly by utterly toe-curling, eye-squeezing, shout-out-loud-with-my-fingers-in-my-ears recollections of embarrassing moments from my teenage years and beyond. I cannot share these stories with you and the other drifters for fear of scarring my daughter. Suffice to say, when I was a teenager, shyness was not nice. Um, I've never told anyone about this because I truly believe that I was the only person in the world afflicted by these gut-wrenching moments of pure mortification so many years after the events had taken place. I need to thank you, Annabelle and Jeff and all the other drifters, for showing me that I am completely normal, my definition of normal people, as agreed by myself and my good friends being just like me. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, back to my reason for this email. I would really appreciate it if you could dedicate a podication to my amazing daughter literally any time from now would be great as she's busily revising for her final year exams and i know she'll be listening i love that i can text her an episode number and a couple of key words and she knows immediately what i'm laughing about oh that's That's good because we probably wouldn't (laughs) terrible terrible memories in true drifter style i've been composing this email for days and saving it to drafts to continue editing knowing that the moment i actually hit send i will be gripped with the fear that it's cringeworthy and i'll be literally in a hot prickly sweat that you either won't read it out because it's just too boring or worse will read it out and judge me in some way that i haven't yet made up in my own head thanks both angela not at all that was a great email to yes. read so uh juliet thank you for finding us a new listener um i don't i mean when when we get these occasional emails from people saying i'm working my way through all the episodes i do think oh they'll get through about four and then never listen again yeah. so i don't know if Ju- i don't know if uh, uh, angela will ever hear this maybe not but it's so um it's such a lovely email to read thank you to juliet and, uh, and here's a podication for you also apologies to you to your son and your husband <laughs> and the dog actually because you're not being as present yeah, yeah, yeah. while you're walking the dog you're not sort of uh, the, 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 your special time has now been polluted mm. by this. But uh, thank you for finding us. And if you would like a podication, you can email us. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's stamps.com, code PROGRAM.